Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 388, where tonight will be an open forum discussion with box office and movie talk like we normally do. We are currently live over on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, and Locals all over the place this evening. And, uh, of course, we'll give a little bit of a box office update about what's going on with Black Adam. And there are apparently are reports, and at this point it seems only rumors, that Black Adam will be banned, potentially, in China. Apparently the rumor is Black Adam banned in China over Pierce Brosnan's Dalai Lama comments. Let's just say I've got my doots about whether or not that will be enough to get it banned in China. Because, as we all know, Hollywood is always willing to bend the knee to China, and without China, it is not likely that Black Adam will be able to make its money back. So if I was the studio, and I had a film in front of me that I needed to make $500 million worldwide to make, if I was looking at the numbers as they currently stand, saying, mm, okay, not looking all that great going into you know week two and eventually week, th- week three of its release, I would probably say, you know what, I think we could probably cut that line. Now, obviously, I don't like that. Because I think when you are placating to the Communist Party of China, because it's really not China that they are placating to, it's the Communist Party there. Obviously, I have no respect for that, and that's why I will always call it the movie studios that do so. But I do want to make sure that we make it very clear that at this point in time, it is nothing else other than a rumor. Some people have been running with it as fact. Some people have been claiming sources, etc. I don't know anything all about that. All I know is that you know, according to the official release page or at least according to an official release page for it on IMDb and other sources and other places, it is still listed to get a November 11th release. So we will at some point either get confirmation that it has been banned in China or the film will actually come out. Now, as I said, right now, all we have are rumors. Whether or not those rumors hold true or not is going to be anyone's guess. So before going any further into that or any of the other open forum comments that y'all might have, I prefer it to be movie or box office related, but obviously uh, it is open form, and so other things are at play, uh, obviously within reason. Before going further, please make sure you smash that like button, light the fire button on Odyssey, smash the rumble button as well. And let's say hello to the people first on YouTube. We got Master of Gaming, who is here first thing. What's going on, Master of Gaming? We got Orange Hat Reviews, who was in the chat, won't be able to watch. Got Family Over, have a wonderful stream. Family comes first, Orange Hat Reviews, so thank you very much for stopping by. Alex McCarthy, what's going on, good sir? He says, howdy, Odin, how's it going, how's Thor? He's sleeping. Uh, open forum, hmm, WWE pay-per-view was decent today, and Enola uh, Holmes 2 was crap except for Henry Cavill. Well, I never saw the first Enola Holmes film, so I can't speak to either the first or the second. I don't really have a desire to watch either of them, uh, but I will take your word for it. And if Alex McCarthy, for those that have watched this channel for a long time, if you, if you know Alex McCarthy and he says something is crap, you know it's got to be really, really bad. Um, and as far as the WWE pay-per-view is concerned, I just barely started it. And it's, it, again, I there, there's, there's some things that WWE has going for it that might entice me to start watching some of the stuff again. For instance, I love all the things going on with Bray Wyatt. I think that that is really cool, um, especially it seems like they're giving him full creative control over his character. Uh, I'm just, I, I think the Bloodline stuff, other than Sami Zayn, who is entertaining as all hell, 
everyone else in the bloodline just does not have any charisma whatsoever and is just boring. They're they're not good actors. They're not good at their job. Um, the fact that Roman Reigns, like the only way that he gets over is by allowing other people to talk for him and also just by saying things in a really serious way at the same time. Every It's stupid. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know much about what happened at Crown Jewel. I, I, I have my assumptions because they always have these big matches. They always make it seem like something crazy is going to happen. And then normally it, it doesn't. Normally it doesn't happen. But uh, obviously, since I don't really care about the WWE, if you wish to spoil anything from the show, uh, please go ahead and do so. Stephanie B, hail to you, Stephanie B. Thank you very much for being here. Yes, Tina is out. I remember that our, our Valkyries are splitting time since Stephanie B has work on Tuesdays and is always rushing to get back. Uh, we don't want to make her rush, so she's taking Tuesdays off, and so therefore Tina is taking Saturdays off um, unless she feels up to being able to to do it, because obviously she's got other things going on. My Valkyries, they got other stuff going on in the world. Uh, and it reminds me, make sure you put at Odin in the very beginning of your comment. At Odin lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. By the way, while I am uh, talking in general, I figured I would mention I was able to see the Banshees of Anishirin this past Thursday. And if anyone's wondering where is the review, I need to see the film again. It it basically had the same effect on me that the film Silence by Martin Scorsese did. The first time I saw it, I fell asleep. <laughs> so um, for the parts that I was awake for in The Banshees of Nishirin, I actually was really enjoying it. However, I do think that it's not nearly as comedic of the dark comedies that, that the director has made. This is the same guy that did In Bruges. By the way, when I was talking about In Bruges the other day and was like, I need to go watch that, I was literally looking forward to go watch and realized I didn't own it. I don't know how I, I've gone so many years after having seen that film when it first came out, not owning it. My guess is that I once owned it on DVD, and when I got rid of all my DVDs, I must have forgotten to replace it, or it's somewhere on one of the services where you have like online digital versions of movies. Again, I honestly just don't know. But anyway, I was able to get the 4K version of it. Uh, Kino Lorber actually apparently got the distribution rights and did a 4K transfer of it. So I'll check that out when as soon as I can. But I was also able to pick up two Blu-ray versions of it. So I'll be doing giveaways of that in the near future. But uh, yeah, In Bruges is is freaking fantastic. But that was kind of what I was expecting from this movie, right? You have Colin Farrell and you have Brendan Gleeson back once together in a dark comedy. You have also the, the same director, Martin McDonough, back directing and writing and so i was expecting something similar to to in bruges something similar to maybe even seven psychopaths right there, there's always the similar tone to his movies three billboards outside of ebbing missouri was the other film that he did and it just i don't know it wasn't nearly as entertaining wasn't really as nearly as funny but it wasn't bad and so the reason why i, I get it in the same category as the movie silence by martin scorsese is that when i first saw that movie the problem was not the movie. The problem was I saw it at a time where Odin should have known better about his own self. If I go to see a movie that starts around 8 p.m., even if it's an hour and 30 minutes, the chances of me falling asleep are very, very high because, hey, there's a certain time of the night where I tend to go to bed, and so therefore my melatonin levels kick up, and let's just say it's it's, it's sleepy time. So there were only a couple of parts that I that I missed from the Banshees of Nishirin, uh, but what I what I was awake for, I liked. It just the one issue that I can say off the top of my head from what I watched and from what I remember is that it just wasn't nearly as funny. But the acting was phenomenal. Uh, but I, I will give a full review of that film when I go see it a second time because I do think 
based on everything that I saw, that it is definitely worth seeing a second time. Just like when I saw Silence again, when I was in a much better position to actually sit down for that, because that movie was actually like a three-hour movie, and so really needed to be in the right place for that one. I love that movie. I've actually seen Silence now two or three times since um, that second time that I watched it, and I I just love it. I, I think it's fantastic. So, yeah, sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens to Odin. Sometimes Odin goes into Odin sleep, uh, and and he wasn't planning on it. Uh, Joey Horn, what's going on? Welcome back. Thanks for being a member on the channel. You guys are freaking awesome. Let's go ahead and check out and see what's going on elsewhere. We got six people watching over on Rumble. Make sure you smash that Rumble button, please. I think it helps out with the algorithm. And also put in that Rumble rant section a message if you want to uh, have a conversation. If you want to have a conversation, you just let me know. And I've got my chat up on Odyssey, not looking like anyone's showing up over there yet. But hey, the night is still young. There was some issues with Odyssey getting the stream ready to go, though. That's again, I like Odyssey a lot. It has a lot of promise and potential, but it also does have some some technical issues that it can sometimes uh, pop up with it. All right, let's see. GMucky76 in the chat. What's going on? Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington hails you. By the way, thank you, Gary Banjo Sandwich, for showing up earlier. I was on a stream once again with the Salty Nerd crew uh, with my good friend Matthew Kadish. We uh, did the Salty Saturday morning stream over on the Salty Nerd Podcast YouTube channel. Make sure you check them out if you have not done so already. And uh, it was a good time. We actually moved away from Rings of Power. I was so happy that I was able to talk to these guys without talking about Rings of Power. And instead, uh, without a few technical issues to get things started, because what what would be a a show in general, right, without some technical issues, um, we we ended up having a really good time talking about a lot of the the stuff currently going on with Twitter, the the things going on with with Avatar, right? The new the new trailers out. Um, I'm gonna be honest. If, if anyone's gonna ask that question, I have not watched the new trailer for Avatar because I just don't care. I really don't. The first film was just so overrated and just such garbage as far as the actual like story. And, and I don't think the CG holds up nearly as well as some people think it does. The world looks great, but the people, the giant blue Smurf people don't. And I think there was just a lot of really bad writing errors and mistakes and and just really bad writing in general. Um, not to mention just the the whole thing with the ponytail still freaks me the hell out. So, uh, yeah, I just I, I don't care to, to see it, but Lord knows I'm probably going to have to. I know that Gary is making us all go watch <laughs> Wakanda Forever, or as I like to call it, The Woman King Part 2. If you look at the trailers for both, tell me how they're not essentially the same movie. I mean, I, I, I'll wait. They're, they're very similar in tone, and they're very similar in, in overall who's starring in the movie, etc. So... That's what I'll say. Uh, Super Anime Gamer says, Hey, what is up, my dude? What is going on? Alex McCarthy says, The Jolly Green Odin. Well, it is a feria day. Technically, we could have the Office of the Blessed Virgin Mary, but it is a feria, so we are in the time after Pentecost. But in a few weeks, on October, rather, November 27th, we'll have our first Sunday of Advent. The purple. The purple will be coming out for Advent Tide. Very excited for that. Forever Sci-Fi, what is going on? Welcome back. 70B, tagged to say, what's the recap on Orlando? Did you have fun? Have you and the family booked your trip to England? So cool. Uh, so 70B actually talked about it last stream, but uh, I know since you take the Tuesdays off, and I do not expect you to to watch, the because trust me, 
I can hardly keep up with with the content of of people that I follow. Um, so just to give a, a week recap for anyone who who did miss it, it was a lot of fun. I drove down to Orlando last weekend um, around noon or so, around noon or noon thirty is when I left here. Got in, or actually no, maybe it was eleven thirty. Doesn't matter. Eight hour drive into Orlando. Um, got in around 8 p.m., got to my Airbnb, got unpacked, went over to the Geeks Gamers Creator House while they were doing a live stream, was able to be there for about 45 minutes before the, the live stream ended, and then a few minutes after that, they were pretty much going to bed because of the early start the next day with the meetup. Um, so that was fun because it was about a 45-minute drive to from my Airbnb, from my Airbnb to the content house. Um, for anyone wondering, like, why I wasn't at the content house, it's because I was only there for a day. A lot of the people who were there were there for, like, a week, week and a half. And I, I could have asked to, to to crash, but I'm the kind of person where I like to have a place to go to where I have some some quiet and I, I have, you know, my own shower and I didn't want to impose upon anybody. Um, and obviously, I, I knew I wanted to get a good night's sleep as well since I knew that after the meetup, literally, as the meetup was ending, I'd be driving all the way back another seven and a half hours uh, back up to Tennessee. And uh, but the the meetup itself was was a blast. Got to meet a lot of awesome people. Uh, a lot of people who who stopped by here on 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 these streams. People over on Friday Night Tights as well. It was really cool to be able to put faces uh, to names. And uh, I went over all the things that that I was able to get last stream as well. I got actually a few really cool gifts. The Raspberry Pi I still think is one of the coolest things. Um, because it has basically an emulator that allows me to play Sega Genesis games and pretty much any old system you can think of. Um, and, and actually, it's funny because one of the systems I have on there is the Game Boy. And, of course, Pokemon Red's on there. And I, I am a huge old-school Pokemon Game Boy fan. And so I started playing Pokemon Red. And then as soon as I did, I found my old Android phone, downloaded an emulator, and started playing it. And so now I'm about five gyms in <laughs> just over the course of the last few days because it's a game that's just, like, so addicting. But the beautiful thing about these modern-day emulators and everything is is you can actually change the speed. So it used to take forever to walk around in that game and to 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 get, you know, to do your to basically grind for the experience points and to level up. And now it's just so easy because you can put it the one I have on my Android phone, it is uh one where you can put like four times speed. So it's like, oh man, like everything is just moving along so quickly and it's just it's just so nice. But it's also still the same great game. I love it. So much fun. Um but anyway, yeah, so the meetup was great. Was able to get back without any major issues. So, yeah. Chris Mack, what's going on? Welcome back. Hail to you. Brian Barth is in the chat as well. Welcome back. Rob D. tagged and said, Do you see any upcoming movies that we know about being the third post-pandemic film to hit a billion dollars? Do you think that mark is actually hard to hit now? It's definitely a lot harder than it once was, Rob, for sure. And I think that the fact that we only have two um, that have been able to do so this year, I think kind of kind of points to that and let's be honest the 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 second one hit a billion barely did all right we were talking about jurassic world dominion remember it it took so many weeks for that film just to creep over the billion dollar mark versus the only really truly you know successful billion dollar film in my opinion i mean by successful i mean like actually impressive numbers no one was expecting the numbers for it and that was top gun maverick right which made almost almost 1.5 billion dollars i don't know if there's a movie that's going to be able to surpass the 1.5 billion of top gun maverick however the two films that have a chance of hitting a billion dollars with the remainder of the year to me i think there's only two the first one is the one coming out next week and that is wakanda forever 
And I know that some people might be saying no one cares about that movie. It, the, the, the clips look cringe. And I agree the, the clips make the movie look completely garbage. That doesn't change the fact that right now, and again, projections can be wrong, but they're normally not off by as much as, as what this film would need to be off by to not have a billion dollars at the very least on its radar. So Wakanda Forever has that ability and has that chance. And I, I've said this for months now, and I will continue to say it until the box office numbers prove me otherwise. As I said, I, I don't like making projections or predictions until I have the numbers actually in front of me. But don't sleep on that domestic total for Wakanda Forever. People forget that first film. It wasn't a good movie. It was like a B- minus at best, the first Black Panther film. Made $700 plus million domestically. I don't think this one's going to do that, right? They're projecting this film to get somewhere around $500 million domestically. I don't know if it's even going to be able to do that necessarily because even that number domestically in the times that we're currently in where people are a lot more careful with how they spend their money, I don't know if that's even going to be possible. That being said, is it possible? Yes. I, I don't think that we, need to, that, that we should write off that movie as being a flop before the numbers themselves have actually come out. I've always been a very big proponent of that. So that's that's one. But if I had to say what uh, there's the the second one I think is more likely to hit a billion dollars and that is Avatar. Um Way of the Water. Again, I if if that film fails, you will have no happier person than this person right here because I I just I'm already tired of the Avatar franchise. I'm talking here about the James Cameron Avatar giant blue smurf people, not the anime, which I've only seen a couple episodes of, but from what I've seen, I've liked it. I just can't deny the fact, though, the first film made almost $3 billion when you adjust for inflation. It's even, I mean, again, you look at a movie that's like a $3 billion film, which is insane to think about, especially nowadays where it's hard enough for a film to get to even a billion dollars. So I, I look to that, and then I also recognize the fact that there are still people that actually have fond memories of the first one. I don't understand those people, but they exist, and I bet there are even some people in this chat who might be one of those persons. And if you enjoyed the first one, hey, more power to you. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to like and what not to like. I will, of course, have some questions. <laughs> but overall, right, I do recognize that there are still people that are actually genuinely excited to go see it. So we, we have to take that into account. And we also have to remember this. And this is something else that, that I think sometimes we, we maybe forget. The reason why that movie, why Avatar, uh, you know, the first Avatar film was such a massive success was because of the international box office. And I was looking this up today. We were talking about it on the Salt and Nerd podcast. And so I decided to go ahead and pull up those numbers from the first film. And I had forgotten that the film had made only, and again, I say only, this is still a lot of money domestically, but in 2009, again, so you would have to adjust for inflation to get even a more comparable number here, but $785 million domestically. It made $2.1 billion internationally. So that's why I think Avatar 2 is going to be a guaranteed billion dollar film. Because even if this film sees half of its audience disappear, you're still at 1.5 billion. You, you look at more than half of the audience, guess what? You still have a chance at a billion dollars. This film would need to lose out at about three quarters of its audience just to be below a billion dollars. That Again, that is how impressive box office wise the first avatar movie was because again that number that 2.9 billion dollar number 
is without even adjusting for inflation. In fact, I'm just going to throw up a, a random film next to it just so that I can click the little adjust for inflation numbers. So by today's standards, um, by today's standards, the domestic box office was $960 million. So in today's money, now, of course, is this including inflation? No, but just typical inflation standards, $960 million is what the first Avatar film made. $2.5 billion is what it's adjusted for internationally. $3.5 billion is what the adjusted for inflation numbers are for Avatar. Again, a massive, massive film, right? So, as I said, if it loses half its audience, you're still looking at a cool, easy $1.5 to $2 billion. If you lose three quarters of your audience, you're still looking probably at around a billion. So, again, this, this, this movie... Uh, the second Avatar film, it's going to make money. The question is going to be how much does it fall? Because there's no chance, I'm going to say right now, right? In, in, the, wor- in the words of the song of, of Vince McMahon, right? There's, there's no chance in hell that that movie is going to make the same amount of money that the first one did. I, I would say that it's very unlikely that it's going to get to $2 billion. Um, But the question is going to be really, where does that international community come in for the movie? And just because I, I'm, I'm generally interested in it, remember that $265 million for that film, $265 million, this is without inflation, came from China alone. From there, you had like over $100 million in Russia, South Korea, United Kingdom, $76 million in Australia. So some of the biggest box office in, in some of these countries. So yeah, I think that Black Adam, uh, sorry, I think that Wakanda Forever has a chance and it, it has everything to do with just that domestic number. However, it's not nearly as strong of a chance as a film like Avatar does. Avatar, I think, is a guaranteed billion dollars. I hope it doesn't. I would love to be wrong on that, but I, I just don't think I don't think I will. It's just my general sentiment. Uh, Bruce, hail to you. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Soul Assassin in the chat, what's going on? Welcome back. Thank you very much for being here. Master of Gaming, Ty to say, Box Office Pro did projections for Strange World, Devotion, Violent Night, and Box Office Pro forgot the Liam Neeson film Marlowe is coming the same day as Violent Night. I, I doubt that it's that they forgot it. I-, I-, I bet it's probably that there either isn't much to say or that it, it didn't get box office projections. It-, it-, it would be my best guess. Uh, because let's be honest, Liam Neeson puts out three or four films a year, and they're not really big box office films. Jeremy Zakowski tagged to say, are you ready for another Disney remake of Hercules? The film will be partially inspired by TikTok. Yeah, I heard rumors of that. And, um, you know, I'm just so, I'm so sick and tired of all of Disney's crap. It's just, I mean, it's been tiresome for years now, but when you start to hear stuff like that, it just becomes even more egregious, you know? Like, there was a time when the stuff that they did, you would say, uh, why, really? You're going to do a live-action version of, of Beauty and the Beast, and you're going to bring in Emma Watson, and, oh, she's such an insufferable feminine. Like, again, that was okay. But now it's like, oh, yeah, now we're going to remake Hercules. It's going to be inspired by TikTok. And Lord knows there's probably going to be some mentioning of, like, gender-fluid non-binary casting if, if, if the direction goes the way that it is. It's gotten so ridiculous. That's like, I don't even want to really even read it. 
I don't even want to really do research into what what they're going to plan for because all that it's going to do is guarantee that I become sad. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I don't want to I don't want to be sad, especially because Hercules is one of my favorites of, of the, you know, of the OG animated Disney uh animated musicals from the 90s. It's one of my favorite scores. Uh, Abominations hanging out over on Honesty. What's going on, good sir? Thanks for stopping by. I was thinking that no one was going to come by on Honesty today. General Wingster says, come on, man. We all know WWE is amazing. No, 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 no. No, it's not. How dare you? Uh, just another red shirt. What's going on? What's going on? Alex says, Jake Paul showed up at the end to help Logan. Roman still won. And I am so happy that I didn't sit to watch it because I could care so little for the... that. And again, this is the reason why, oh, yeah, well, hey, Triple H is running the show. Yeah, and they just got the Paul brothers to be in a main event for wrestling. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. It's the WWE Sports Entertainment. Now, I'll stick with my AEW wrestling because even though there are definitely problems, right? The whole, the fact that Nyla Rose is even existing in the company and they're trying to perpetuate the, the just, again, the insanity that is the whole trans ideology nonsense for that guy to, to be fighting other women is just, again, that, that already from the very beginning of the company had me... You know, <laughs> had some issues for me because it's like, I don't like that this guy who is, again, not a woman, biologically speaking, that's a biological fact. I don't like that, even though it's wrestling and it's stage, guess what? People can get, people can very easily get hurt with you when you have that. That's one of the many reasons why you don't have a lot of men versus women matches, even in wrestling, because there's a lot higher chance of things going bad because there are biological differences. But again, I guess that's a hateful thing to say these days. That's why I'm glad to be multi-streaming because if YouTube ever had a problem with it, oh, guess what? Rumble's still there, Odyssey's still there, and Locals is still there. So, there it is. And I know that, obviously, the whole CM Punk situation and CM Punk said some things and some of the wrestlers, I get it. But at the very, at least I'm getting wrestling, you know? With the WWE, it's like, what What are you actually getting? Oh, the Logan Brothers? Like, just say that out loud. What was the main event? Oh, yeah, it was the Logan Brothers against Roman Reigns. Stupidity. The Physics Channel with Kenny Lee. What is going on? He said, Odin, it's not easy being green. No, it is not. I can speak from experience. John Wingster says, also forgot to mention this on Tuesday. I rewatched The Crow for Halloween, and it's still fantastic. A nice dark comic movie that has heart. Have you ever seen it? Would definitely recommend it. Oh, you would hate me then, General Wingster, unless you are trolling me because you know that I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> tick off some people. You know uh, I, I was not a fan of The Crow. I, I gave it a shot. I heard so many great things about it. I watched it, and I left the film saying, what in the world was all the hype about? And, and I know that's going to make some people mad, but ultimately, I, I just, I don't get it. I do not get it whatsoever. All righty. Let's see. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Odin the Yawn Father. One could say that. Yeah, Colin Farrell is a very underrated actor. Do you like Silence, says Brian Barth? I love it. Yeah, I, I think the film is fantastic. And some people might ask, well, hey, you know, there, you know, maybe you've heard some of the things about the way in which it portrays 
um, the Catholic Church or or the ways in which it presents these, uh, you know, the, the priests that apostatize basically and give up the faith. But I think that there's just so much more nuance to the movie. And what I get out of the film and why I, I personally love it is because it shows you historical reality, right? Historical fact about what happened to these, these, these Japanese Christians, right? Who, who basically were hunted down and, and were killed, right? And basically it was either give up the faith or die. And so to tell their story is phenomenal. To show the ways in which they would be killed also, I think, is something where it just, it brings that sense of humility to say, okay, we think we're in dark times and in many ways we are, but it's it's nothing in comparison to what would be going what what was going on during that time in history. Just another redshirt says my Top Gun Maverick 4K Blu-ray arrived today. Congratulations, dude! Yeah, mine mine arrived a few days ago, and I've got the ones from Amazon that I got, which are just the standard, or rather the ones from Best Buy. Rather, it's a standard 4K steelbook, which again just looks fantastic. I still need to watch the film in 4K because they sent me the Blu-ray. Again, shout out to Paramount for sending that one my way, so that I was able to review it. And so I've I haven't seen the actual 4K cut, but I'm gonna say don't sleep on this one from Walmart because it's the same 4K, but it comes with actually a lenticular magnet. So it's like I like when they add that extra stuff when it's essentially the same price. And also the steelbook was sold out everywhere except Walmart. So you know I'm I'm tempted in the next day or two if if they're still available to like buy even more because of just again how cool I think that they they look. All right, let's see. Brian Barr says, I'm excited for Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. It won't be released until 2023. I'm kind of hit or miss with Scorsese because the last film he did was not good. The last film he made with Netflix, I don't even remember the name of it because it was that forgettable. Um, The only thing, in fact, that I remember from that movie, other than the really bad de-aging makeup stuff that they tried, was the fact that they featured Father James Martin, who is an open heretic in the Catholic Church, um, though he has not officially been declared as such, he is. Um, and the fact that he was playing a priest during a time where things were in Latin because it was a pre-Vatican II church, hearing him say prayers in Latin was incredibly cringeworthy because you could tell this guy probably didn't know any Latin until this movie when he had to learn how to do a baptism in Latin. Um, yeah, that, that's where, again, that's where my brain went. That's how bad that movie was. That's the only thing that I, that stuck with me about that movie. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. It's not like the worst film ever made, but it's just, it's also very forgettable. Uh, Abomination over on Odyssey. Time to say what irks me is that a shill article said that recent live action adaptations were faulted for sticking too close to the source material. And I can only think of two out of maybe 10 movies that stuck to the source material. Yeah. And again, this is something that the mainstream media will do, right? Is they will, they will openly lie, right? They will openly lie or at best, stretch the truth so thin that you can see through it to the point where there's not a whole lot of truth there. And, and I honestly believe, I honestly believe that the, the shill media who are continuing to go after quote unquote toxic fandom for the failures of Hollywood, they're the same people who are blaming the pandemic. Remember, go back to December of, uh, of, of 2021, December of 2021, where everything, you know, the, the, the films were starting to come back and the films weren't doing very well. And the, 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 the excuse of the day was still 
oh well you know it's because of it's because of the pandemic and then lo and behold what movie comes out spider-man no way home and what did that film do that film destroyed the narrative that film showed no 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 people will go see a movie if it's worth seeing if people think they're going to be entertained if people think that they are going to see something that's actually worth spending the money to go see now we can also look to other films that were not nearly as good as No Way Home, films like Dark, Dark, you know, Doctor Strange, or films like Thor: Love and Thunder, which were able to make you know fair amount of money, more especially uh, Doctor Strange too. Again, it made over nine hundred million dollars at the box office, but it also had a massive drop off. I think it even had historically the worst drop off for any MCU movie from week one to week two, and it, it comes down to the fact that. You have MCU stands, you have DCEU stands, right? You have those hardcore fans that will go support the films no matter what. But you also have that normie audience. It's it's almost like there's like if you think about it, it's it's almost like politics, right? Right? You've got people who love it and people who hate it, right? The people who love it, they'll show up no matter what. The people who hate it, they're gonna hate on it and and boycott it no matter what. But then you've got that independent group who end up being the largest portion of not only the voter base, but in this scenario and in this analogy, they're also probably the largest portion of the movie-going audience, right? This is that typical normie audience. You need to be able not only to market your film effectively, but also you need to be able to show, hey, guess what? We're going to tell you a fun story. Because if the, if the audience sees a, a trailer and they see a movie where they're like, oh, that looks okay, yeah, I'll wait for it to come out on Disney Plus. I'll wait for it to come out on Netflix. That that's where that's where the mindset of moviegoers is now, right? Moviegoers are now in the mindset where they know that studios need to put these movies out on streaming services within just like a few months, really. And so a lot of people are like, hey, guess what? We're in a recession. We're, we have inflation. It's not worth spending the gas money. It's not worth spending the ticket price. It's not worth spending the what was already high prices for popcorn and drinks, etc. So so people are not going to. And so that that's what drives me crazy, right? That's just what drives me crazy about about those those articles that come out because they blame quote unquote toxic fandom when the only people that they can honestly blame, if they were going to be honest, is is one, themselves and and even more so Hollywood, who are continuing to put out these crap movies. Jonathan Redshirt says, tonight's a movie night after dinner. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Gary Bender Sandwich, Top Gun, I Fell Asleep Before Mission. Dang. Yeah, again, not everyone's the same. Not everyone is the same. Master Gaming says, Avatar 2 and Babylon are over three hours long. Well, I'm not surprised really by Avatar because the first one was also pretty long as well. I uh, finally saw a trailer for Babylon. It looks okay. I, I like Damien, Damien Chazelle a lot. I think he's a talented filmmaker. He just didn't have the trajectory that I thought he would. He, he, he knocked it out of the park with Whiplash, which was only like a 90-minute movie. He then went on to do La La Land, which was not good. He then went on to do First Man, which was a little bit. It was at least better than La La Land, but it wasn't perfect. The shaky cam especially with the, with the actual launch, which was, uh, you know, it took... <laughs> Let's just say the launch sequence took a long time, and I understood what he was trying to do, but the shaky cam was almost vomit-inducing, um, which he might say, well, that's the point. That's not a good thing. If your audience, especially someone who's not as queasy as I am, uh, or rather someone who is not as a... I'm not a queasy person to begin with. If even I'm starting to feel that, I can only imagine people who are more sensitive to that kind of thing. 
But that one was okay. And now he's doing this one, and the trailer looks okay. So, you know, that's one of those December films where I, I might go see it. But it looks kind of like an Oscar bait. It's like, yeah, it's coming out in December. It's last time it can come out to be considered for any type of Oscar nominations. It's a longer film. I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping he, he doesn't fall into that trap. Ambrose uh, Chamberpot, what's going on, man? Brian Bartzad say James Cameron has now become uh, Icarus and he flew too close, close to the sun. In many ways, he has. In many ways, he has. For sure. Kili Chow, what's going on? Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Just another right shirt. Dances with blue aliens, pretty much. And I always like to say, because it's true, Fern Gully did it better. If I wanted to watch a movie also about the planet and about environmentalism, I would watch Fern Gully because at the very least it has Robin Williams sing as Batty. And Tim Curry, for that matter, sing Toxic Love. Just just saying. Dragon Bricks tagged to say, are you going to stay outside and guard the doors of the theater that play Wakanda forever? <laughs> what? Um, no. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna... Again, I... Uh, Gary's making me go to see it. I hate having homework like that. So, I might have to pull the old razzle-dazzle, which is what I think Gary's doing, giving money to a more deserving studio and theater. The issue, of course, is the theaters near me, there's one theater where I could probably do that with without without much trouble. But most theaters nowadays, if they have the like the digital marquee above the theater, they don't put the movie there or time anymore. So obviously that's very clever on them. Um, but also, too, now with the fact that a lot of these theaters have assigned seating, if a movie's very popular, I'm just going to, again, this is another reason why I think people are sleeping on on the success and i think the very likely success large success of black panther um of wakanda forever is i i've looked ahead to my 7 p.m imac showing it's gonna sell out like it's on the verge of selling out already they've got showtimes going all the way till 2 3 a.m so they're clearly seeing something there that, that, that this movie is going to to sell a lot of tickets. In fact, there were already like three or four tickets for like the 3 a.m. IMAX showing that they had. So it's it's going to make money, right? It's, it's opening is going to be pretty massive. Of course, the question is, okay, yeah, does that mean it's going to have the largest drop-off in cinematic or at least Marvel history? There's a good chance of that too. But if it makes a lot of money up front, even if it has a massive drop-off, that upfront money can always be the difference maker. Could always be the difference maker. Keely Chow asks, how are you? Baby Thor and the wife doing? We're all doing quite well. Thank you again for being in the chat. Again, Dragon Bricks, thank you for being here as well. Forever Sci-Fi says, if Shuri is picked to replace T'Challa, I dare anyone to tell me there won't be a line of people waiting to challenge her at the ceremony. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, that's just the thing, is that no matter who they choose for it, it's it's already, it doesn't matter. Right, they've already shown in the trailers for it that it's going to be a a woman, and so that kind of also goes back to to what you were saying, abomination, about these articles that are coming out about not respecting the source material. And it's like you look at what Marvel's done, and and Marvel has always taken advantage of and taken liberty with the source material. It's just that there was a time when you know before Disney took over, especially where the changes that they made and the adaptations that they made actually made sense or, or at the very least actually worked with the story they were telling. 
Whereas now everything is just so on the nose. It's like, yeah, well, of course you're going to replace Black Panther. You're going to you're going to replace T'Challa's, ba- you know, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther with a woman. Of course, that's what you're going to do, right? We're we're in the MCU. That's not just a random a random comment, right? That's not just a, a catchy, um, pithy catchphrase, right? It's an actual fact. Just look at all of the products that they have made over the last couple of years. And you either have a bait and switch like Hawkeye, where it's the Kate Bishop show, or you have a situation like Doctor Strange 2, where in many ways he is a secondary character in his own movie to make way for America Chavez and to to make way for Scarlet Witch. You know? It's not hard for us to see what you're doing, Disney. And... I'm hoping one day people will actually wake up to it, but I guess we'll be waiting a long time <laughs> at this point. Soul Assassin, I can hear the old Pokemon theme song now. Oh, absolutely. Got to catch them all for sure. I always have the poker raps in my head. Got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. Yeah. Those were fun. Alice Carly says, I keep wanting to watch the director cut of Gettysburg, but it's four and a half hours long and the director's cut of Gods and Generals, but it's three hours and 50 minutes. You just got to pick the right time to watch it, dude. Trust me. Uh, As someone who has been able to get through longer films and and director's cuts at that, you just got to be ready for it, right? It's just like the Lord of the Rings extended cuts, right? Those are very long movies too, but it's it's worth watching, right? The, The journey is worth going on. Now, I don't know as much about Gettysburg. I've never seen either version or gods or gods and generals. But, forever sci-fi. Every Jurassic Park sequel has the same issue as every Predator or Alien sequel. Once the mysterious is made known, you don't get that surprise or dread anymore. I would agree to an extent because Aliens, I think, is an amazing movie. Um, and uh, Jurassic Park Lost World, Lost World Jurassic Park, I actually fine to be entertaining. So I think that all of the, all the ones that follow definitely have that issue, but I would not as much for the lost world, which again, I do think is underrated, but aliens, I think, and this is a, I think an act of debate. I think aliens is far superior than the first alien movie, but again, they're also different genres. The first alien film is much more of a horror film. The second is much more of an action film, just like the Terminator, right? First Terminator film is a little bit more of a horror film. Terminator two is much more of an action film. And I tend to like action films more. See, Dragon Brick says here, uh, people who think Wakanda is real are going to watch Wakanda forever and will drag their family with them so that movie is not going to flop. Exactly, Dragon Bricks. Uh, even if they're not the ones who think it's real, the ones who wish it was, right? The, the ones who want to live their life as if it was real and and, and want to try to build that sense of community um, and, and act as if they are, you know, that they're a part of the larger, like, the Wakanda nation... Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And again, that is the domestic audience. Again, there there is a portion of the domestic audience that is going to show up in droves to go see and support this movie. And I think people are underscoring and uh, and not taking that nearly as seriously as they should. Because I think the domestic number is going to be impressive for this movie, for, for Wakanda Forever. I don't think the international is going to be. I think the international one's actually going to be pretty funny because law of diminishing returns. I don't think this film, I don't think Wakanda forever gets to 1.3 billion. Like the first film did. Um, I think the film 
has a chance of getting to a billion, but I'm looking at like 1.1 to 1.2 max. Now, if we get the numbers opening weekend and things are looking a lot better, then obviously I will adjust as as we get the actual data points. But let's see. Forever Sci-Fi. Still haven't seen Dance with, with Smurfs after all these years. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to say I haven't either. General General Wingster. <laughs> Odin has clearly never seen Avatar R34 art. I don't even know what that is, and I don't even want to know what it is. Bruce Dynasty, say, I'm one of those people. I like Avatar and own it, and I've watched it many times, and I have no urge to see the second one. Well, Bruce, you are a rare commodity, then. You are a very rare commodity. There's not many people I know who liked the first one and are not looking forward to the second. So, good for you, man. <laughs> oh man oh man again smash the like button light the fire button honesty smash the rumble button as well had some people watching over there no no comments in the rumbles rants uh section someone had left a comment i don't quite understand that about how people will post the comment over on rumble but they won't see the chat box i don't get it I don't quite understand. Maybe it's someone I think I had mentioned like it doesn't show up on mobile. Maybe that's the reason why. Anyway, Rob D. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Thank you again for being here. All right. Let us see what y'all are saying. Forever Sci-Fi. TikTok is a fast spreading cancer. That's a great way to describe it for sure. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely some funny videos to be seen on there, especially animal related, like, you know, funny cat videos and, and everything. But you can have several different services that can offer that. Part of, that's part of the reason why, actually, with, with Elon Musk taking over Twitter, I think it would be awesome if he relaunched Vine and if it became a direct competitor and it offered that s- the same stuff just without the Chinese Communist Party ownership and also the really creepy algorithmic features on it. I, I, I The creepiest thing about TikTok to me is how and I say this in a mad scientist way, how brilliant, mad scientist brilliant, but how brilliant the the developers of TikTok were because they've developed their algorithm to such a fine degree that if you just linger on a video for even just a few seconds longer as you're scrolling through like the feed of recommendations, it'll feed you that type of video over and over and over and over again. And eventually that's all that your feed becomes. It's scary. It's actually really, really scary to see um, that work in real time. Glad I got off of that thing a couple years ago. Uh, Greta Zenner, what's going on, Greta? Hail, Greta. Says, hello, Odin, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well, too. Make more videos, Greta. We miss you. I know you're busy with work, but go back and make more videos, please. Please. And yes, I am doing the cat voice, if you did not understand uh, master gaming data say if i were a trans woman i wouldn't be offended if someone called me a biological man well i mean <laughs> i'm sure i could say the same thing but as not being a part of that community yeah let's see steve pence says no comments odin steve pence what's going on hanging out over on rumble now hail to you thanks for hanging out <laughs> Oh, that's great. And again, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment if you want your comment or question read aloud on this open forum evening. I know, Soul Assassin, I know. 
I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Alice McCarthy says, Jericho Appreciation Society is the best thing in professional wrestling. Oh, absolutely. The Jericho Appreciation Society. The very best in sports. Entertainers. Oh, there's so many great things with that. Um, but no, I mean, they just got great wrestlers. And their matches are good wrestling matches. Uh, Road Rager. Uh, thoughts, if any, on Terrifier 2. Have no intention of seeing it. Didn't see the first one. Have no intention of seeing the second one. But I will say, kudos to them for doing micro-budget level and doing as well as they are at the box office. So, kudos to them. Uh, Gibbons Plays, what is going on? Hey, yeah, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for talking with me. And uh, thank you very much for, for being back in the chat. Uh, gotta, yeah, The Irishman, exactly. As I said, I didn't even care to know what the name of the movie was. All, all I know is that the movie was boring as all get out, and I just don't care to watch it again. So, as long as Scorsese doesn't make another Irishman, then then maybe we'll be okay. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Odin has the need, the need for Walmart. Yeah, and it kills me that, that Walmart's the only one that has the steelbooks, or at least had the steelbooks. Because it's like, that's the last... This is the last company I want to be supporting. I don't really have a lot of, you know, standards when it comes to ethical pur- purchasing. I probably should have a lot more. But if there's one that I just don't like buying from, it's Walmart. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, it's just everything about it just, just seems like such a sleazy company. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi. I got my 4K ET 4th anniversary, 40th anniversary with Lunchbox and Thermos just the other day. Very nice. Very, very cool. I was looking at that one. And as much as I like ET, I'm not as much of a diehard fan to have gotten that one. So I decided to pass on that one. Uh, Reaper, what's going on? Welcome back. Brian Barth says, uh, The Irishman. Yes, I did not like the CGI de-aging. I hope people don't use that technology. I have a belief that actors have an expiration date. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't have a problem with the de-aging CGI technology in essence. It's just the way that it was used in The Irishman. It didn't look good. If you look to Ant-Man, and even Ant-Man 2, look to the de-aging they do for that. It's really good. It's really well done. The problem is is that you're not seeing that consistently done in all movies and all... And that's that's what kills me about Disney 2, is that they had an opportunity to do something really cool in the Mandalorian when, when Luke Skywalker showed back up and he looked terrible. The, the, the CGI looked awful. Someone with a computer at home was able to do a better rendering and, and was able to do better deep fake technology using deep fake, deep fake technology was able to, to better replicate a, a more accurate image of, of what a young Luke Skywalker actually looked like. Um, so, so it has everything to do with how it's used. So again, Ant-Man 1, Ant-Man 2 is an example of how you use it correctly. Whereas Irishman, it, it didn't look it well at all. It, didn't just, it just didn't look good at all. So yeah, I, I disagree with, it, with, with your point to that extent. I don't think the problem was the, was the de-aging. It's that they didn't use it very well or they didn't know how to use it. So... Um, he also went on to say that new talent, new talent is vital. It was nice though to see Joe Pesci in the Irishman again. I, I like those actors a lot, in, in, you know, as far as their performances are concerned. But there was just nothing really special about it. 
Brightburn says, ever notice the differences between the movie theater scenes in Batman 89, BVS, and Joker? Uh, 89 has Footlight on the wall. BVS has Mark of Zorro and Excalibur. Joker had Zorro the Gay Blade. That is interesting. I'd never noticed that before. I wonder if that's like an inside joke kind of thing. An inside uh, joke of continuity. Forever Sci-Fi, I reinvested most of my movie watching fund into video games and anime. A movie has to win me over with the trailer to get me to the theater. I don't plan on going again until John Wick 4 comes out. I don't blame you for ever sci-fi. And I think that that's where a lot of audience members are at right now is yes. I mean, that's what it always had. That's what it always has been to an extent, right? Trailers are made to sell you on movies, but there used to be a much larger base of movie watchers who would be much more likely to go see a casual film, right? Or to casually go watch a movie. To say, oh, you know, I have nothing to do tonight. I'll go to the theater and see what's on and go and go watch something. You don't have that anymore, right? Movies have become so much of a bigger expense. The inflation and the recession do not help that by any means. Thank you, Joe Biden. Um, but it, it is something that we have absolutely seen, especially um, in response to the crazy dictator-like reactions of many of the governors and many of the leaders of different countries in their reactions to the pandemic and how they shut people down and became authoritarian, it forced people to change their habits. And one of the biggest habits that got impacted was movie going. So yeah, now more than ever, they have to win people over with the trailer and they're not really changing. They're not really changing their, their standard. They're not really changing their, uh, the way in which they make trailers. They're they're still going by many of the same standards. And, And that's the reason why, you have a film like Top Gun Maverick doing well because what did that film do in its marketing? It told you how they made the movie. It told you why you should see it in a theater. You you even had at the very beginning of the movie, Tom Cruise on screen thanking the people for seeing it in a theater and, and for the people who helped make the project a reality. That That's the measure. That's the level. I mean, basically, guess what, Hollywood? Yeah, you got to actually try. You have to actually try. Who would have thunk? There was a day where you didn't have to try all that much. Nowadays, you have to try a little bit harder. Let's see. Victor Fontaine had to say, just got back from a matinee showing of Black Adam. Glad I only spent $6. It wasn't very good. Too many problems to list. Exactly. And I mentioned that in my review, that I think that there are some people who might find some entertainment value in it, but ultimately it is just not one that is is very memorable and other than Pierce Brosnan who I think is great in the movie his his character does not get nearly as much screen time as it should and by the end of the film you're just left in a state of like okay well I guess I can wait for the mid credit scene that I already know what it's going to be and oh okay that's pretty cool I like I like Henry Cavill but <laughs> that's about all that it is uh Steve Pants again thank you so very much I don't know where the chat is, man. There's six people apparently watching. I, I don't know what the deal is with Rumble. I think part of it might be watching on mobile versus watching on PC. I don't know. But I see your comments. Uh, he says, I admire you, sir. They give you a hard time on FNT for being a traditional Catholic, but keep it up going. Uh, keep, keep, keep it going. Much respect. Oh, Steve Pants, thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate those words. And yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll absolutely keep it up. Keep praying for them, too. Um Maybe we'll break through. You never know. You never know. That's why, for me, prayer has always been such an important thing because it is something that 
all of us can improve upon for one and two that we all need desperately in our life. So yeah, but thank you for hanging out over and uh, holding the fort down over there as well. All right, back over to YouTube. Again, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comments, whether you're watching on Odyssey, DLive, or Rumble. Sorry, I'm not on DLive anymore. <laughs> I used to be. Uh, and then the platform died. So uh, if you're on Odyssey, Rumble, or YouTube, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, it lets me know that you're trying uh, to get my attention. Stephanie B., who is a mod, says, I doubt Gary is making you. Well, again, that's what the fun is, right? It's like he's he's like our teacher, right and, and he's he's giving us homework it's like dad i don't want it it's like it's like giving us a, a, a chore to do like a, like a parent or like a homework assignment like a teacher it's like i don't want to do that well you have to so no he's definitely not making us however i've always been of the mindset that if i'm gonna talk crap about something i have to have watched it to be able to know what i'm talking about so um you know, that's why I won't talk about a movie or, or, you know, tear apart a movie specifically if I have not actually seen it versus the situation like The Woman King where I haven't seen that movie. But because I know the history it's telling versus the history that is actually real, what I can do is go after the basic elements of the story, which are publicly available. Because um, actually, from what I've been told, I don't know whether it's true or not. I don't really care to find out. I hear that the film is actually well made as far as the actual cinematography and and the uh, the stunts and stuff like that. But ultimately, I don't care enough really to find out for myself. <laughs> because of what I know, it doesn't cover within the, the history and how it's very much a propagandizing of the history. Uh, Dan Crane, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Thanks for being a member on the channel. Uh, Chef Nick Nero, what's going on? Hail. Brightburn, dad to say, guess what? Oh, and I found a complete series box set of Netflix Daredevil and bought it. The only caveat is the format. They didn't have a Blu-ray collection of it, so I got it on DVD. Ah. Oh, you know how I feel about that, Brightburn. Yeah. But, yeah, also, at the same time, if you are one of the persons that has boycotted Netflix, it's one of the best versions of it you're going to be able to really get. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you. I was able to... There's a great service called Play On. Um, it's not as good as it used to be. Um, let's just say they at one point had a lifetime license, which I got, and it allowed you to record streaming services. And it's actually like you, if you looked at all of the legal jargon, it completely legal stuff um, and a legitimate service to boot. But what really irks me about them is that they decided to launch an, what they claim to be a new app experience and then said, oh, to get the new app experience, you are going to have to start paying monthly. But the one you have right now, you you, you paid for a lifetime license, and so you're going to have a lifetime license. But we're also going to stop supporting it. We're not going to update it anymore. We're not going to fix the issues anymore. So essentially, it's like you're going to still use it until eventually it becomes unusable. And so, you know, pff, there goes the lifetime license. Oh, but we'll we'll give you three months for free on on the new service. Anyway, despite the fact that I think that the company is duplicitous and and, and scumbaggery, um, it is still nice to be able to have entire seasons of shows and know if I ever do decide to to cancel my services, hey, guess what? I I have access to those. You know, 
the very least, you still got access to to them. So that's basically why it's like I've been queuing up as many shows as I possibly can because it's like at some point I'm going to be canceling these services uh, when when my wife doesn't have anything else that she wants to watch. Uh, a goat 1971 had to say movies have always been too liberal in changing source material on that note what is your opinion of the last temptation of christ i actually like it a lot um you have to go into it remembering that it is a work of fiction that it is a fictionalized version of the last days uh, of christ and, and the purpose of the film is more so to talk about and look at Christ's humanity versus christ divinity so if you go in under the right premises and you know what it is I think you can actually appreciate the film as it being a very well done movie if you go in without knowing that and you are a believer I, I can understand why someone would come out of it being like blasphemy because there are a lot of things in there that are not good but if you go in looking at it as as, as fiction you know as a work of nothing else other than fiction then uh, and and you know what its main intention is then I, I think that there is a way to find appreciation for it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, SFEB says, please make sure you hit the like button. Smash that like button, please. It really does mean a lot. Thank you again for the 50 people hanging out over on YouTube. You guys are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Back into the YouTube chat. By the way, Abomination, thank you for hanging out on Odyssey. Um, covetous boyfriend. Hello. <laughs> well, welcome to the the chat over there as well. Uh, Abomination tagged and said, "What? You mean they created a competitor for cable's DVR and they decided to make you pay even more money now that cable is pretty much non-existent?" I know, right? Um, well, again, the issue is is rather the fact that they offered a lifetime license. And then they created a, quote, new app that did the same exact thing. They, they did their best to argue. Um, they, they have a, like, there's a whole Reddit sub, there's a whole subreddit for them. And they have a lot of people, of course, who were fighting back on when they made this change. And they, they had all their talking points ready about, well, this is essentially, it's a new technology because we're using an entirely different protocol. It's like, it's doing the same thing. It's still an app on my desktop which the previous one was also a desk on the desktop was an app on your desktop and it's recording your streaming services that you queue up. Oh, that's exactly what the last one did too. So again, that's the scumbaggery that just really got. And that's why, you know, I'm going to try and get through as much as I can. And then I'm going to cancel the play on service because I, again, I, I would not trust them at all uh, with, with being able to offer their services uh, in the future. And I really hope other people uh, give up with them. Use, use the free months they give you and then kick them to the, <laughs> kick them to the side of the road. Chris goes, says thoughts on the Rihanna song for Wakanda forever. I, I had no idea there was a Rihanna song for Wakanda forever because I just don't care that I don't care about music uh, and songs made for movies. I, I love Top Gun Maverick. And yet I could not tell you a single lyric from the Lady Gaga song that's in the movie. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's just at the very end, playing into the credits, really. Uh, Agoat971 says, Alien is better than Aliens. Good Ridley Scott is far superior to good James Cameron. I'm going to disagree. Aliens is a much more entertaining movie, and therefore I I find it to be a better film because of it. Um, and again, I would have to sit down and actually like take notes to be able to try and point out the objective 
differences about why one film is objectively better than the other. But as far as entertainment value and rewatchability, Aliens, hands down, is is the superior movie. They're both good. Don't get me wrong, but... Uh, 70B says, no math. I do box office numbers. You're going to get math on this channel. It's going to happen. Grandmaster Yoda text, I think bad feedback and Avatar will stop Wakanda to beat Top Gun. Uh, well, specifically for for Wakanda Forever, I, I don't know. I don't know necessarily about that being the reason. But as I said, Wakanda Forever it has the chance of hitting a billion, though I don't think it's nearly as likely as the Avatar. Because also keep in mind, Avatar doesn't come out until December. And so you're going to have a full month or so of Wakanda forever, essentially. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, Odin's on the internet and doesn't know what Rule 34 is. I don't buy that. Is that that something I'm supposed to know? Thanatos Felicitas says, I thought it was Ferngully in space. I love the Muppets. (laughs) Uh, It might as well have been Ferngully in space. Bruce says, I be like that on Avatar Odyssey. Yes, you are very, very rare. Uh, Bruce says, check your P.O. box. You should have a Riververse hat waiting for you. Awesome. I'll check it when it is open. Uh, They're closed on Sundays. They're only open for a few hours on Saturdays. Had stuff to do, so I wasn't able to go by today. I'm going to try and stop by the post office this weekend. Mm. Sorry, I meant this week ahead. Let us see. Robert Frey. What's going on, Robert? I feel like it's been a while. Welcome. Channel Wingster. Odin identifies... No, I don't. I do not. Not really. Not really. I'm named after a fictional god, but... Rob D. Avatar 2 and Wakanda Forever will hit one trillion each at the box office. The U.S. Mint will print money for them and then just stop all currency printing for 2023, probably 2024. Ah, are your inside sources telling you that? Or are you just using the same uh, math models as Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers when talking about Mario Brothers? (laughs) I had to throw that in. I had to. I had to. I can't believe he thinks Mario Brothers movie is going to hit a billion dollars. Come on, man. It's going to do well. It's going to make money. It's not going to hit a billion. Abomination tagged over on Odyssey saying, the only rule Odin needs to know is the golden rule. It's the only one that's really worth knowing. That's that's for darn sure. That's absolutely true. Uh, Ambrose, yeah, all I, I just saw the very beginning of your comment, and I just, I just, uh, as soon as I saw the name, I was like, Elliot. I can't, I can't hear that name without it. Elliot. Apparently annoyed the heck out of you. I didn't think it was too bad. Mike Healy, time to say, how do you think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will do? How involved in the promotion will James Gunn uh, now that he's at uh, Warner's? Well, I mean, if it's his movie, then he's going to have a part to play. I think especially the fact that, um, you know, he's probably going to be contractually obligated to do so. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be involved. I think the uh, the bigger question is is going to be as you've said the first question, which is how is it, how is it going to do? So I don't I don't really see that that film to me does not scream, um, doesn't scream billion dollar film. So let me try and just pull up some some numbers. As you all know, we do cover numbers here on the channel. Yeah, so Guardians of the Galaxy 
was one of the few franchises that actually was able to to build on itself. So the first movie made 338 million domestic, 770 million worldwide. Again, this is without inflation. The sequel volume 2 made 389 domestic and 869 worldwide. So it's trending upward. The only issue and why I don't think Guardians 3 will do the same is because of the fact that volume two was not nearly as good as volume one, right? Volume one was so good that it over exceeded everyone's expectations. Like no one was, no one thought the first guardians film was going to get to $770 million worldwide. No one thought that was going to be a possibility because that's just how, how good it was and how good the word of mouth was. Guardians two was a very mixed bag, right? The word of mouth was not nearly as positive but you had enough people excited from the first one going to see it. And, and so that's what really helped to build that audience. I don't think you see the same thing with volume three. I think volume three is where you start to see that law of diminishing returns, where typically over the course of a franchise, you see, you know, less and less over time, especially in the current market that we're in, especially in the, the current age of the MCU that we're in. It would not surprise me to see guardians three being the lowest grossing of the guardians movies. That all being said, it is set for a, a pretty prime release beginning of May. Could be better if it was end of May, closer to the actual you know summertime, um, as far as you know schools being out and everything. But yeah, I, I think Guardians Three, based off of the numbers and the the you know the, the trajectory of the other two films, and because specifically of the mixed reaction of the second movie, I, I don't think the film is going to get to a billion. I think it'll probably do somewhere between those two, 770 and 869 worldwide, if I had to guess. If I had to take a guess. Thanatos says, there is a movie from the early 80s called Looker. The plot revolved around deep faking models, then ending them to keep the rights to their likenesses. Oh my goodness! That is terrifying. And it's crazy that we could now see actual... <laughs> That actually happening to a certain extent with the deep, deep fake technology that does exist. King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble. Where you been, brother? Thanks for being here. <laughs> Trying to guess at my, uh, at my first name. I bet it's Bob. <laughs> yes, that, that's my name, Bob. <laughs> uh, that's pretty great. Let's see. Mike Healy says, in the UK... Uh, we didn't get Tom Cruise thanking us at the beginning. Oh, no. That makes me sad. Then again, it might be a good thing for you because some people some people will be scared by that. Some people, they see big Tom Cruise staring at them on a, th- on, on a giant screen and they would say, ah, no, leave me alone, <laughs> you Scientologist. Because he's not in character at that time. He's Tom Cruise. You're like, oh, no, you're crazy in real life. Though I appreciate the work that you do. Uh, Bruce had to say, I used to theater binge. How many movies? And I see during one visit, one ticket Four movies is the total I saw during one theater visit. Yeah. I mean, I would never do that. Um, I would always, if I ever did, I would always make sure to buy concessions because as much as I didn't mind screwing over the studios, um, I, I usually did mind the theater, right? Cause I was like, I want to support my local theater. And so typically I would I would buy the, the 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 concessions and so that way at the very least I knew that they were you know still getting money 
from that. Because also the other way I see it is typically when I would do that, it would be during the day. It would be when no one was there. And so it's like, it's not like I'm taking a ticket that no one saw in the first place. Um, also, I used to work at the theater, so I, I got free movies anyway for a while. So it was <laughs> pretty easy to continue that on. Um, but yeah, the the old razzle dazzle that I was mentioning earlier is the you buy a ticket for one movie and then go see another. And most of the time, the old razzle dazzle is the is a teenage trick, right? When you're trying to get into that radar movie. However, I, I found it useful when you have these giant corporations putting out these, these these woke garbage movies and you feel the need to go see it, maybe because you review movies or because you're a part of Friday Night Tights and Gary's making you. Um, and so that way you're like, okay, well, at the very least I know my money's going to a movie or to a studio I can support. Anyway. Back into the YouTube chat. Let's see. Steve Pants tagged to say, is Ironheart going to have the stupid heart on her chest in Wakanda forever? Uh, yeah, we can actually guarantee that. If you've, if you've seen the trailers, which I don't recommend because they're not very good, yeah, you actually see there, there's a scene they show you in the trailer of the cutout of a heart falling on the ground. So, yes. <laughs> Unless they're pulling the old, we're showing it in the trailer and it won't be in the movie routine. If, if they pull that one, then, of course, it might not, but According to the trailer, they will. Andrew Hayes tried to say, did you hear about Disney admitting that they dropped the ball in their Star Wars movies up to this point and vowed to get get it right for future movies? Well, we, we actually talked about that on the Salty Nerd podcast earlier. Um, we, we talked about that article and we talked about that report. Here's the thing. It's a report. It, it's, it's a rumor. It is coming from inside sources and we all know that whenever someone claims inside sources we can't always trust them this seems to be more trustworthy than the other things that we've heard right the ones about oh the the civil war going inside and oh kathleen kennedy for sure is leaving this time all of which turn out to be complete bupkis this is the one that sounds a little bit more right but at the same time i I don't believe it still because if that were true then you would you would already start to see changes because you can even with even when your products are already done you can still change your marketing right you can still change the way that you're presenting it or at the very least you can start to make announcements you can start to show the changes that you've made so it's basically i'll I'll believe it when i see it at this point mike jackson says yep play on sucks yeah it's just it's so sad what they did Rob D says, did you ever wonder why a lot of TV shows only come to DVD? Unless a show is Breaking Bad or Sopranos, they never come to Blu-ray. There's actually, a lot of them do come to Blu-ray, um, come to think of it. There's a, there actually are a lot of film. Again, I guess, I don't know what shows you're looking for or what shows you're looking at. I mean, older shows and I would say like early early 2000 shows definitely are most mostly the, the uh, you know DVD exclusive. But part of it's probably the cost of DVD versus Blu-ray. When you're talking about a series, you're talking about multiple discs. So my guess is that it cuts down on cost. But ultimately, I, I just doubt that the cost is that much to to make much of a difference. So I, for for all the things that I've I've looked for, even newer stuff, I feel like I've I've seen Blu-ray editions. The Netflix ones make sense to me though, because it's like, well, why would they put out a high quality version? when they can just put out a DVD quality version on physical media so that you have to get the service to get the high quality version. Right? So that's, that's the only place where I would understand seeing that difference. 
Victor Fontaine says, totally agree. Pierce Brosnan's performance of Dr. Fate's character was the only one that had any depth or gravitas. Yep. And it, it, it ended up not doing nearly as much as it should. Uh, Tina B. <laughs> Tina, my, it's been green before. It's not like the first, this is the first time that my background's ever been green. You don't have to get, you don't have to get all mean about it. Lord. Uh, and it's people. That's what it is. It's people. Forever Sci-Fi, I ended up buying the first two seasons of Daredevil on Blu-ray before Disney got their hands on it. Nice. Very cool. So apparently there, there was a Blu-ray available. That's the other thing, too. Maybe they had it on Blu-ray, but it was available for a short time, and now it's out of print. And if you want to get it, you have to pay an arm and a leg just to be able to do so. All right. Chat jumped on me like it always does. It's 8.15 in the chat. So we got about 15 minutes left in the show. Checking out over on Rumble. King, King Kane Rumshki says, what is your opinion on Scientology? Um, yeah, I like how you say like Christian. So Scientology is not is not Christian. Uh, Scientology was developed by a uh, science fiction writer. Again, the founder of Scientology was a science fiction writer. So I think he was a very talented science fiction writer because if you look at the the origins and foundations of Scientology, it's a very interesting sci-fi story. Now, if you're going to try to claim that 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 it's real, you don't have any evidence to back it up. And if you really actually dive into it, there's a great documentary on Scientology called Going Clear. And there's been a couple that have also come out since this one. But this was one of the first. And I, I think it was also very well done. It's called Going Clear. And it goes into interviewing former members of the the the, the quote-unquote Church of Scientology. And it, it, it essentially exposes the fact that it is a complete con so that they can avoid paying taxes. <laughs> like, it is just a complete con. And, and they get these high-profile people to be a part of it because they, they create this perception of if you give us more money, you level up. And, of course, if you're a Hollywood celebrity, the concept of wanting to have everything, it's like, wait, I can be the highest level in this? Oh, yes, I, you know, I'm going to pay more and more and more and more. And uh, the way that they keep you, though is at the very beginning or towards the very beginning, you basically go to confession, but they film you. Now, having gone to confession several times as a Catholic, I could tell you that's terrifying. So I can understand then why you have a lot of people that they don't break away from it because one, either they somehow buy into it, which which is just bonkers, or two they have to pretend like they're buying into it because if they don't images and videos of them speaking about certain things and their deepest, darkest secrets coming out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's creepy. It, it, it very much is a cult and not in the traditional sense of uh, sense of cult, right? It used to be where cults weren't inherently bad right now. When we think about cult, we think about don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? Don't, don't drink this or that. But, the term cult itself is, is actually rooted in the word, word cultus, right? Which, which is the very foundation of, of religious communities. But somewhere along the way, of course, we eventually got the, the modern term and the modern rendition of, of cult, which has a lot of things to it. It basically used to be where 
um, is very common where, let's say, someone was a martyr for the church, right? Someone died for the faith in, in Christ. Usually what would happen is, is a cult would form around them. And again, not a worshiping them as a god, but rather a, a type of dedication to praying for them and for their intercession and belief in them being in heaven. Um, and so again, the, the sense of cultists was it's much more naturalistic to to religion whereas the modern day use of cults is just yeah it's 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 craziness it's madness so <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty bad watch going clear though it's a great documentary if you ever have wanted to know a lot about scientology i would highly encourage you to watch that it's it's pretty insane and pretty terrifying all righty then. Let's see. Uh, Tina's saying HBO Max is now showing every important Star Trek movie and show uh, what's going on Paramount. Star Trek was yours and you blew it all away because they had to pay for it. <laughs> because they've made so many bad decisions that they have to they have to sell the rights that they have to sell the distribution rights in part in order to be able to to pay for the garbage that they're doing. <laughs> oh, man. And yes, I agree. They're all good in their own way. But we all, obviously, all of us have, have uh, preferences. Master Gaming says, Yahya Abdul Matween the second is cast in Wonder... Is, is cast as Wonder Woman. I, that means nothing to me. Brightburn says, isn't one of James Cameron's best films, True Lies? Is that the only film on DVD in North America? Just curious, and I wanted to chat to double check for sure. So I believe I finally, I, find, I think I finally got to see True Lies. Is that, that's, is that the one with Schwarzenegger? If so, then I, I finally did see that one. And um, yeah, either, either it's only on DVD because he n- never did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm, so I believe this is the one where Hardwick actually got me onto this one. So yeah, basically there's a fan community out there who were able to get their hands on a 35 millimeter print and did their own uh, like 4K scan. So you can get a Blu-ray edition of it, just not from any official source. Um, and just like with the Star Wars uh, 4K, Project 4K collection and the... Star Wars Despecialized Edition, the Harmony's Despecialized Edition, as long as you own a copy of the movie, getting access to it is actually, there. There's, there's that legal area for it. Especially since you are getting, you already have the movie, you paid the money for the movie, and so all you're doing is getting a different version of the film that isn't available for you to buy. So, see, Soul Assassin. I saw Hasbro make... Uh, makes Nerf pulse rifles from aliens. You might like them. Uh, yeah. Oh man. If if I <laughs> if I wanted to waste my money on on something, it would be a lot of Nerf Nerf guns and stuff because that stuff is just fun. Uh, so he says once I saw a really big light in the sky. It was the moon. <laughs> Jen Lee, what's going on? Welcome back. Thank you for being here. King Kane says in in. In Yemen's terms, oh, layman's terms. <laughs> At first, I thought that was an I. Uh, in layman's terms, uh, what is the relationship between Blu-ray and 4K? Uh, essentially, the size of the disc and how much data it can play back would be like the two, again, in layman's terms, trying to make it very, very simple. So 
for Blu-rays, you have two types. You have two, two types of Blu-rays mainly. You have what's called a single layer, which holds 25 gigs of information. And you have a dual layer, which can hold up to 50 gigs of information. Simplest way to explain that. A 4K can hold upwards of 100 gigs of data. I believe many of them are triple layer. Obviously, it's a slightly different technology. But it is different enough to where a 4K disc can only be played by a 4K player or, you know, by a 4K enabled player because the the laser that's used to read a Blu-ray can't read a 4K disc because, again, the technology is, is slightly different. But the premise is essentially the same. It holds more data, but in addition to that, you are able to get more data per second. So think of it like almost as a streaming service. When you're watching something a movie, a show on streaming. What you're getting is you're getting a compressed image. So even on your 4K TV, right? If you're watching Netflix with the 4K, you're still getting a signal that is heavily compressing the image. So it might look really good still. And a lot of people may not even be able to tell the difference between a streaming movie versus an actual hard copy. But an actual 4K disc, it will be able to play back at rates that, uh, let's just say, much more data will be available to the pixels on your screen versus using another uh, using another medium. So in layman's terms, and I'm not an expert on that either, that's the best that I can do to, to explain it. So that's the reason why you, you have... Uh, so for instance, when I digitize my movies for my collection, um, when I digitize uh, the 4K edition of Top Gun Maverick, the movie itself was about 80 gigs. And so not only is the size of the film large, but also how much data you get per image, right? How much data you get per second is also a lot higher because one, you obviously have a lot more information to to have. And because you have a lot more information, think of it as you just, you have that much... you. Think of it as a Blu-ray. If you think about an image, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 blue, a DVD version, you're looking at maybe 50% of the image. A Blu-ray version, you're looking at like 75% of the image. And then if you're looking at a 4K, you're looking at like 95% of the image. Those, those percentages are just out, completely made up on my part, but it's the best that I could do to explain it. Hopefully that made sense. Uh, Chen Lee says, how did you get involved with Geeks of Gamers Friday Night Tights? So with Geeks of Gamers, it came down to me uh, badgering uh, <laughs> Jeremy. So I would tag him in a lot of my videos. I uh, obviously would DM him as well, asking for advice. I, I never you know, was like, put me on your channel. I was you know, asking for advice on things. And eventually, because he was getting inundated with messages, eventually he started watching it and he said, oh, I actually really like this content. And I think there's a place for this box office stuff you do on Geeks and Gamers. And so then he reached out to me and uh, said, hey, how would you like to do a weekly video for Geeks and Gamers doing box office? And I'm like, hell yeah. So that's how I got involved with Geeks and Gamers. Uh, And then with Friday Night Tights, there was a thing called the High Council for a long time. High Council eventually fell apart for a wide variety of reasons. And so there was a a void. And so I reached out to, to Gary because I was a fan of, of Nerdrotic. I was a fan of, of, of what he did. I, I loved watching his, his live shows and watching them back, listening back, because he has so much 
information in his head, having, you know, worked at a comic shop. I don't know if y'all knew that he worked in a comic shop, but having all that experience, I, I was like, okay. And he was already doing a show with comics division on Fridays. And so I, I thought to myself, Hey, there's a hole now that I think could actually be filled, right? There used to be a show where the, the fandom menace at the time could go to and to be able to, to have these conversations. So I reached out and said, Hey, I think that you, it might be good for you to, to try to get in touch with geeks and gamers, try and get in touch with Jeremy and maybe some others to, to form a, a new show since there seems to be a, a, a void there. And so just out of the fact that the idea came out of that conversation and it was from that conversation where eventually that ball got rolling, I got invited in basically on the ground floor to be one of the original panel members. So yeah, that that's how I got involved. And that's why I bet a lot of people, when they watch it, they say, how does this guy get on Friday night tights? You have all these other huge channels. And it's like, well, I am one of the founding members of Friday night tights. And, um, and it's because of the conversations and suggestions and just being really in the right place at the right time, ultimately. Um, but sometimes that's, that's how, that's how life works. Um, so yeah. All righty. So we have a couple minutes left, so I might have to skip some comments as we end the show. Again, thank you for watching over on Odyssey, over on Rumble, over on Locals. Uh, seriously, it means a lot. King Kane Rumsky, thank you for always having some comments over there uh, coming in towards the end. So let's get to these last comments over on YouTube. Also, Abomination, thank you for always hanging out on Odyssey as well. Uh, let's see. Looking for the tags. Mike Jackson. Couldn't sleep last night and watch Yojimbo again for the uncomfortable time. Love that movie. How about you? Oh, yeah. Um, it's It's been a while. I only watched the movie once, but I gave a very positive review. It should be in my playlist of retro reviews. I have a lot of old school samurai, old school Japanese film uh, reviews in my, in my retro review section, which I, I definitely do want to do more of those in the future. Um, but obviously, once the school year starts, especially, timing becomes a very big problem for me. All right, Brightburn says, People who grew up with Sean Connery in the role of James Bond think that Sean is James Bond. People who grew up with Roger Moore think he is Bond. Who is your James Bond? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I grew up with Pierce Brosnan because I, um, I grew up, I was born in the late 80s and grew up in the 90s. So the first film I ever watched, the first James Bond film I experienced in theaters was, was Goldeneye. I then also played the hell out of GoldenEye twenty, uh, GoldenEye, uh, GoldenEye sixty four, which is still one of the best games. Cannot wait for that to come on Switch, by the way, um, because there's going to be online multiplayer, and I, I just want, even though they streamed so late that I can't join them, I want geeks and gamers to play the multiplayer of GoldenEye, and I want them to do with slappers only because that is the funniest game mode. Because you can get all these different ways, all these different matchups you can set up, but you can have one where there's no guns, no weapons. All you can do is run into the person and literally slap them. So it takes forever for them to. Oh, it's great! Slappers only, Golden Knight. It's just one of the best games. So I cannot wait for that one. But yeah, Pierce Brosnan, he was the one that was on screen, so he was the one that was James Bond for me. Um, but. Uh, since that time, it was what last summer at this point, I was able to watch all of the James Bond movies from the very beginning, and I, I can say with most certainty, my favorite, my favorite Bond out of all of them 
was Timothy Dalton. I, I just really like Timothy Dalton in general, so uh, he's my favorite of the Bonds. But the one that I grew up with was Pierce Brosnan. All right, let's get these last questions in. Let's see. Thanatos, Felicitas. It would be hysterical if the Japanese adult movie Ironheart. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Amy, what's going on? Hey, I'm glad that you liked Bullet Train. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It is a fun movie. It's great. It is fantastic. I, I just gave away a 4K steelbook of that the other day. So, yeah, currently there's a giveaway live, and I'll choose a winner probably tonight of uh, one of the Top Gun 4K giveaways over on the Discord for my Keep It the Bifrost Love It Above members on Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. But, uh, yeah, uh, Bullet Train, one of my favorite films of the year. Giant Killer says, I don't think my comments are coming through on Rumble. Uh, so, again, you have to leave – you have to go through – and you have to go into the Rumble Rants section. I just heard a rumor. Is it true Gary owned a comic shop? Yes. Yes, it is. I can confirm. Uh, spoiler warning. Gary owned a comic shop. Thank you, King King Rumsky. But yeah, if you're on Rumble, you have to go into the Rumble Rants section. I think if you're on mobile, though, I heard something. I don't know if this is true. I heard something about it not being available for some reason. Uh, sassy, what's going on? You're very sassy. I'm seeing some green things in the chat. Ha 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 ha. You're so funny. Funny, funny. I love my mods. I love my Valkyrie. Y'all are great. <laughs> yes, that's right. Xenu, the galactic ruler. Also, the, the atomic bomb. Yes, the atomic bomb on the volcano. Scientology. Oh, man, seriously. It, it is... It is really good science fiction. Master of Gaming. March 2023 looks the most packed since pre-pandemic. Also, do you think Lionsgate will be successful next year? They have John Wick 4, Expendables 4, Ballad of the Songbirds, and Snakes, uh, THG. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, they have they have the ability to, to be... Lionsgate's never struggled too much the last couple of years. Um, Paramount clearly is the winner this year, just from, <laughs> just from Top Gun alone. But... Yeah, Lionsgate, I, I did a studio breakdown of The Biggest Losers. Lionsgate was not even close to where Warner Brothers was or, or where Disney was. Brightburn says, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. That's putting it mildly, 007. <laughs> yes. Uh, Larkstream, that's no moon. It's a space station. I've seen that movie now so many times because of Baby Thor. There, I can quote... I can quote <laughs> I could quote the first Star Wars film in many ways. Uh, Abomination over on Odyssey says, Heard Gary got his old banner back. That must be some sort of magical feeling to get that thing back. Yeah, yeah, he had mentioned that on FNT yesterday. And that's just cool. That's just really cool. Lark says, Remove the extra languages to reduce the file size by a few gigs. Uh, yeah, you can you can do that. Um, so I have some... I have uh, two Synology NASes. So I'm not as worried about space. So I, I like having, you know, I, I typically uncheck a lot of the extra special features unless it's something that I really, it's a film I care about to have it. Um, but yeah, thank you for that. Bruce says, so we have you to thank for FNT. Again, in part, I will not ever be, so I, I always want to be careful whenever I get I tell the story because I don't want to make it sound like somehow it, it never would have happened if if I hadn't said it. Um, because I, I obviously 
know that Gary and, and <laughs> Gary and Jeremy were watching each other's channels, and so the chances of them talking were already high. Um, I, again, I was just right place, right time, and was able to get, um, you know, was a, was able to get that ball, was able to get the ball rolling. So, and that's the reason why I was able to be uh, to be put in the show. Rob one would love some more retro reviews. Definitely. will keep that in mind. Joey Horn. Goldeneye is my favorite bond film. Me too. The game is so much better though. I love the game. Uh, Lark stream. Timothy Dalton is my favorite bond license. Kill favorite bond film. Nice. Yeah, actually I think my favorite bond movie, ironically enough for anyone who knows me and the kind of personality that I have, that I have is probably octopusy. And yes, I'll let that sink in. <laughs> I think I've mentioned that on stream before, but for anyone who's new to the stream, you're like, wait a minute. Odin just said a naughty word. It's the name of the movie. It's the name of the movie, people. Come on. Get your head out of the gutter. Come on, see? All right. I have caught up with the chat, everybody. So thank you all so very much for watching. It has been a fun one. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, it really always means a lot for people to, to be here having conversations with each other, uh, sometimes including me in those conversations as well. And uh, and just to, to be here and, and have these chats. So thank you again for watching on Rumble, on Odyssey, on YouTube, on Locals. Please make sure you smash the like button, loud the fire button on Odyssey. Smash the Rumble button as well. Tomorrow I'll have my box office breakdown video. We'll look and see how, uh, how Black Adam is doing. Is Black Adam going to be able to break even? We'll have the numbers. And uh, yeah. Remember, the rumor is that Black Adam is not getting a China release, and it's just a rumor. According to IMDb, it is still on the release schedule. We'll have to wait and see. And uh, let's just say, I personally believe without China, it falls. Without China, it flops. But we'll have the official numbers tomorrow, and we'll be able to look and see what the prospects look like without China. And then if China does get it put into the picture, obviously that will change the game quite a bit. Anyway, you guys are all amazing Beautiful people, thank you all so very much for being here. For all the people in the chat, for all the lurkers as well. It's always amazing at these, uh, it's all these, it's always amazing at the meetups, especially. Uh, I see what you said. I see what you did there, King Kane Rumsky. Um, when people come up and talk to you and, and are like, you know, I typically always ask, you know, oh, what's your name in the chat? Because I, I, I read the chats. And how many people say, oh, I'm a lurker? And then it's always great to have people randomly every now and then a name I've never seen before. And they're just like, oh, no, I've been here the whole time. It's like three amigos moment. I'm still here. Guapo. I'm still here. Anyway, thank you all very much for being here, everybody. You guys are amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Uh, I'll see you all on Tuesday for Tuesday's live stream. And again, tomorrow, Box Office Breakdown here and Geeks and Gamers. You guys are great. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. And as always... God bless. And now for a huge special shout out to all of my November Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with Patreon with Father Luca Illich. Thank you very much, Father. Garrett Searles, Jaime Irie Heimason, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can check out on YouTube at his channel, Orange Hat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, who also has a YouTube channel that you can check out at Eagle Rider, and Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, Miss Martin Muses, and of course, the amazing Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Tina B, where she hosts the show with Stephanie B, one of my mods and one of my Valkyrie, called Soup to Nuts. Check out Soup to Nuts. 
and it premieres pretty much every Friday. So again, shout out to all my Patreon people. Also to all my Subscribestar people. Starting off with Matt317. Check him out on Twitch at Matt317. The R. Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. And ZK Man, you could check out over at xtheboundaries.co to follow him uh, as he starts his podcast and also uh, for many of his musical musings as well. Check him out. Very, very talented guy. And then lastly, my locals piece. We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson for the win. J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D90, and the amazing Laura, <laughs> the amazing lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all so very much for supporting me. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, go ahead and check out the top link in the video description below where you get access to that. Also, you get access to special things like giveaways and also uh, exclusive podcasts that I do with John the Flick, Big Flickinger, and other guests throughout the month of November and in the previous and, and, and the, yeah, the months to follow as well. And again, if any of that sounds interesting to you, especially the 4K giveaways, Steelbook giveaways, some of them that I have to give away this month are films like Starship Troopers on 4K Steelbook, Top Gun Maverick on 4K Steelbook, amongst many others. If that sounds interesting to you, check out the link and follow the instructions down below. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.